We'll get you caught up on the latest from Nuggets practice. We'll talk about takeaways from training camp and where will the Nuggets finish defensively this season? All that and more on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us your first listen. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Monday. Welcome in if you're listening to us on the live show. Thanks for joining us on a Sunday night for World's Finest. We're glad to have you with us. Make sure to hit the like and subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Check out youtube.com slash Locked On Nuggets and you can catch a live version of the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to hit us with those five-star reviews as well. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. My name is Matt Moore. I'm joined by Adam Mares. Adam, you spent your weekend, you went, you went to practice today, which was good of you. I was not able to. I had to do the annual, the, the old time to go to the apple farm for fall bit with the family. So that's where the, it's the, we had to wait because it's so hot here that we waited until October to do the apple farm. And then you got to do the pumpkin farm in like a week. And then that's pretty much the end of all fall activities. Uh, how was practice today, my friend? Practice was good. Nice sunny day. Although they did the thing today, Matt. You'll you'll appreciate this one. Practice is at 12. And at about 11.50, they write an email saying, actually, 1 o'clock. So, so I had an hour on my hands. But it was good. I scootered on down to the DNVR tailgate, uh, had a good time, and still got to practice. Yeah, uh, I've always said that if I write a memoir, it can be entitled Waiting for Tall People, because that's, that's <laughs> most of what we do is we just wait around for tall people. Um, so let's talk a little bit about practice today. So who spoke and what did they have to say? We got Michael Malone, we got Hunter Tyson, and we got Aaron Gordon. And Malone, obviously, as, as usual, he had uh, the most to say. Um, first of all, he was asked about scrimmaging. They looked at film today of their scrimmages from, you know, last week in particular from Friday. And he said the film tape, uh, the tape was the starters just beating up on everyone, which is not very surprising. Starters have been in, uh, you know, by all accounts have been, uh, it's like riding a bike. They're already back in full swing and looking good. And then you have a second unit that is trying to figure out who they are. And then you have a rookie team that's just like head is spinning with everything going on. So, he even made it sound like there was a little bit of, I mean, he did, I'm putting words in his mouth here, Matt, so take this with a grain of salt. But it almost sounds like the starters are so far ahead that it's almost difficult to practice, that they are, you know, these scrimmages are going to really be like a whole different level for them. Yeah, uh, kind of tough, right? Because like the starters have to practice together, but you can't really get like difficulty when they're so mismatched based off of of who's on what. Um I think it's interesting to kind of think about like the idea of, of the starters being this far ahead because like Nicola was, was first and foremost last season to start in preseason. Like, Hey, so we're not going to like destroy everyone from the get go. Like he's never right. going to really say that he's always got to think it's kind of tough, but he was even more. So he was very much like Jamal's going to take time and he's going to suck for a while Right. Well, that's the difference, right? Last year, they weren't this level. They were still coming back. You're being cautious. But this team, you know, the rust of a shortened offseason, sure. But we'll get to this in segment two. I don't think there's a lot of rust on these guys because I don't think, to my surprise, I think that they kind of hit the ground running. But the practice part is kind of interesting. And, and because of that, or perhaps maybe separate of that, Malone did say that on Tuesday, the starters will play. So if you were wondering if the starters were going to rest on Tuesday, 
they're going to give it a go. He did say Michael Porter might not probably, I, I would say at this point, almost certainly won't. He was there today. He was shooting around, jumping around. He looked fine. Um, but it does sound like they're going to be extra cautious. He rolled his ankle, I think on Wednesday of last week. Um, and then today it looked like he did, was not a full participant. Um, but with the second unit, and this is another theme from the week, he reiterated, I think for the fifth day in a row, they've had five days of practice, five days he's made this point. Second unit's up for grabs. Only Christian Brown has a spot locked in. Everybody else is completely up for grabs. And you know Malone's not just saying this, Matt. I think he genuinely looks at it as none of those other guys have a guaranteed spot in the rotation on opening night or, you know, at any point. They are all, he's treating it all as nameless, faceless people. I think coaches relish an opportunity to have open competitions like they want to instill that kind of competitive spirit because like that's how everyone starts coaching and that's how everyone starts playing and then you get in the nba and it's like no no no, like he's gonna start why because we gave him 35 million dollars and we also need his agent to not be mad so that's a person that's gonna start now um and i think coach justin really holiday really mentioned this in media day by the way he's like it's not like this most places where you know it's on merit most places there's one or two guys that are just penciled in for some other reason yeah uh who's been filling in with the starters with mpj out? you know what i don't know today i know that there's christian has played with the starters i know justin holiday has played with the starters i have not heard of peyton watson playing with the starters hmm. um just those other two guys so take that for what you will as for today I don't know how much live stuff they did today, but I don't know who it was today. I wonder if part of that is the concern about shooting, right? If you have AG and Peyton, if you're concerned about just not having enough shooting on the floor, you'd have three shooters, but wonder if that's part, part of the conversation there is about spacing being maintained. It's probably more about just trying to keep your second unit somewhat consistent, I would guess. So you, you may probably want Peyton. I don't know if you want to move him up that quickly or this or that. Well, that's um, interesting because I would I would be like, who's the anchor of the second unit? It's the one guy that has a spot locked, and that's Christian, right? Yeah. So like it, it's that's kind of the trade-off there. Well, the one thing I'll say is that Christian, I think, will play a lot of minutes with the starters. In fact, today, Michael Malone, another thing about him, he said he's much improved. This was a great summer for him. He mentioned the confidence and the swagger once again, but he specifically mentioned bringing the ball up the court and that he looks very good as a second side ball handler, meaning not the primary Ooh. initiator, but ball swings. And he's looked good running secondary pick and roll action. So um, that was unprovoked, by the way. That was not something that was like, hey, is he running pick and rolls or this or that? It was like, what has looked good about Christian? And he mentioned those things. And he said, he's not going to be a point guard, but he's looked good bringing the ball up the court. And he's looked good as a second side uh, pick and roll ball handler or second side ball handler. Those differences are always so interesting to me in that, like what goes into being a point guard, right? Which is like, can you get the football up the floor without, if you're pressured without losing it? And can you like get everyone kind of organized? And like, that's the point where the point guard stuff really kind of comes into play. But yeah, I mean, look, I always think that having a guy, like having guys that can bring the ball up the floor more and having more of those guys, I think is really important. Like I honestly, with MPJ working on his handle, that's something I'd like to see them kind of enable him to do is like, I would like to see MPJ take the ball and go like, he's a really good rebounder and like give him an opportunity there. Be like, Hey, you, you get to create stuff. If you, if you grab the ball and you run. You well, know? I don't want to spoil something I have coming up to Tuesday that I'm excited for, but Aaron Gordon's ability to handle the ball allows him to play in a lot of actions that, that I think MPJ could and, and sometimes does play in those spots, but it's much more fle frequently AG and it's much more dynamic when it's AG. 
And that is another way where Porter getting a better handle would open up the ability to switch him and AG in certain matchups or in certain offensive things that I think would make them more dynamic. Um, he said Zeke Naji has rebounded the ball very. This is the first Zeke Naji shout out we've gotten, by the way. So if you're counting at home, shout outs. This is the number one shout out I've heard this week about Zeke Naji. And he said, especially on the offensive boards, he's been rebounding really well. And then he caveated it with, and I want to see him have that same intensity on the defense or something like that. So take that for what you will. But he gave him a shout out about how well he's looked on the offensive glass. That's good. Uh, anybody else speak today? Yeah, well, hold on. A couple more here. The rookies are all mature, smart, and ahead of the curve for most rookies. He said that's by design, not necessarily indicative of whether or not they'll play. But I asked him about, with, does it, you know, with them being older rookies, does it make camp easier because you don't have guys that are so sort of slowing things down? And he kind of lit up and was like, yes. So that's something to, whether these guys can or can't play, I think they know what to do. And he even mentioned Julian Strother because I think you think of Jalen Pickett and Hunter Tyson as like, five-year seniors, you know, high IQ players, this or that. But Strulian Strother, a little bit younger, he talked about how he's always in the right spot on defense and stuff uh, and makes right rotations on time and stuff, which I thought was really interesting. Um, with uh, Hunter Tyson, he says they haven't really put much of a playbook in yet, so he hasn't been studying anything, you know, at home or this or that. It's mostly just concepts. And then the one people are going to love, Hunter Tyson out in San Diego, how did he spend his free time? Swimming in the ocean every day. That, that's that's enjoyable. That's nice. Isn't that such nice. a rookie thing? Like, yeah. I mean, I love it too, but it's such a like. <laughs> that's great though. That's awesome. I imagine. I don't think that's a very common thing for rookies. Um, Aaron Gordon just said the team is really far along. It's a smart group. Everybody's locked in. He said the rookies know themselves. He said that's the thing that stands out about them is they know themselves, which I hmm. thought was. That's an interesting compliment, don't you think? Yeah, it is. Um, I think I think it's painting a picture of what kind of rookies are being brought in. Again, are they good enough to play? I don't know. But mature, know themselves, smart, high IQ, that stuff is good. And then he said the team genuinely likes each other. And he was actually talking about the starting unit. Genuinely likes each other. And that's why their chemistry is so good. And he said it's not like that most places. Yeah, there's a lot of... Um... How can I, 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 this is usually referred to with the Lakers, but I'll say it. There's a lot of kind of exceptionalism with where the, where the Nuggets are at right now, where it's like, it's just like they're in an exceptional place in franchise history where it's like, there's a lot of these comments, right? It's like, it's not like that everywhere else. It's not like that. And what's, what is also interesting about that is it's still fascinating to me that you don't have guys that are like clamoring to come and join the brigade, you know? Like, it's interesting that there's kind of a, the words kind of gotten out between Jeff Green and all these other guys of like, man, playing with Joker is awesome. Like, the like things are structured and organized. The organization's got a good vibe. Like, things are good here. And yet there's still kind of a resistance. For, like, you're not seeing a bunch of of minimum guys, like, really wanting to join Denver, which or maybe they are. And maybe the front office is just like, nope, need the young guys. Maybe that's Maybe that's the case. Yeah. I mean, I don't – I think Denver has the players they want. Yeah. Whether they're right or wrong about that, I think they have the guys that they want. I mean, look, Christian Brown was a surprise pick at where he was taken. Peyton Watson was a surprise pick. Um, Julian Strother, Hunter Tyson, Jalen uh, Pickett, they were all surprises at where they were picked. I honestly think the team, and then you go, I mean, who knows with Anish Smith, you know, a DeAndre Jordan, those guys. DeAndre Jordan was signed at the first second of free agency. 
I think they just know the guys that they want. And so far, it's worked out. Obviously, it worked out. They win their first championship in franchise history. But I think even this year, again, I don't want to go ahead and say I stamp all those guys I just mentioned and say they're the right guys. But they are the guys that they wanted, and they all seem content with what they've brought to the table so far. On the other side, we'll talk a little bit about emerging storylines from training camp. Very interested to hear what Adam has to say for being out in San Diego. Later on, we'll talk a little bit about Denver's defense and what it's capable of or not this season. We'll do that on the other side on Locked On Nuggets. But first, I need to tell you about game time. I've got tickets here in about 10 days for Hozier. Very excited for her to see that show at Red Rock. Oh, yeah, you and me. Yeah, we're going to be there there together. And uh, got those tickets on game time. Wife was like, I really want to go to the show. I was like, you should check game time. She found great tickets at the right price. You get to see the view before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And the all-in prices show your total upfront, so you know that you're getting a great deal without any of those hidden fees. Those things drive me nuts when you're like, oh, the tickets are this much. No, actually... Drives me nuts. Not going to happen on game time. You know what you're paying for before you buy. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being here with us on a Sunday night. If you're with us on a live show, listening to us on a Monday. So Adam, you were in San Diego. You got to enjoy the sights and the sounds of Nuggets training camp. Um, I guess the, the first question I have, I have a bunch of questions for you. My first question for you is how was this training camp different from the other training camps that you've attended with the Nuggets in the past? Well, I'll start by just saying there was less media there than typical. Typical, And, um, you know, I don't know the reason for that, but it just seemed like a lot of guys missed the, uh, this one this year. And the other, it, which, by the way, I think made for a quiet, <laughs> it's kind of funny. They're the reigning NBA champs. They won everybody's hearts and uh, minds over the last, the run of the playoffs. But because so much drama has happened to teams specifically in the region, LA teams, Portland is down in, I think, Santa Barbara doing their training camp, that all the media ended up going there instead of uh, to San Diego to watch Denver. But the other thing that I think stands out to me, and really the overarching, like the number one thing I would tell you, Matt, and I'm curious to see if you get this read as well throughout the week. I don't want to be, I'd really like to get more eyeballs on this. The team seems excited to be back. And that is like plus 900. It was on the board handle. That was plus 900 uh, for them. And including Joker. And I want to talk about him a little bit later on, but Joker seems excited. Everybody just seems excited to be back. Um, For one, I think just because of friendship and like, it's like getting back together with your friends. But two, I think they just are like very, they're in their moment right now. And I think they all sense it. And that's part of what's so cool about it is it's like, yeah, why would we want to leave? We're winning championships right now. Like, let's get this thing going again. Really surprised by it. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty taken aback by that vibe because I was present on Media Day, and it seems to be like how it is. And I'm, I'm very, I am very surprised because those championships usually take a lot out of you. And yep. and it did, also, by the way, and it did. And there also tends to be, I think, a, a little bit of. Um, so I think there's a line here, right, where it's like you've earned a little bit of hubris, but you can react to that hubris with hunger 
or complacency. And they seem to have resulted out of it with like, yes, we're awesome. We're the champs. Let's do it again. Like that energy is rare. It's a very rare thing because most teams win that title. And then they're like, whew, that was, that was a lot. And Matt, everybody takes their cue from Joker, right? Everybody mm-hmm. gets their energy from their top guy. And and I don't want to give him full credit for this because one of my stories or one of my takeaways was that the culture has now fully permeated every person on the roster so that when you see Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan and Justin Holiday and Jalen Pickett, like they're all doing the team type stuff, like rebounding for each other uh, after the practice is over and just the vibe is all great. But I want to point out two things that I heard from Joker over the weekend, and they're all up on the DNVR's YouTube page, I believe, with, with the, the interviews. But the first one was I had to ask him about something we talked about on this show, Matt, over the summer. Jelko Abradovic, famous coach in, in Serbia, talking about how Jokic let him know he watched his seminars. And so I asked Jokic about that, kind of expecting to be brushed aside. And Jokic talked about how, yeah, I've watched him as well as several other Serbian coaches, seminars, coaching seminars, which in and of itself, we're talking about hours of coaching seminars in and of itself is newsworthy. But then he explained what you could assume, but it's nice to hear him say it, which is he said, if you want to be good, you it's important that you're a fanatic. You need to be a fanatic. And I just thought that was such great insight. And he followed it up about studying and taking little things from everyone. And there's little things you can learn when you really pay attention to these coaches. And I just thought it was unbelievable. And the second one was another surpriser, Matt. If I would have asked you, has Jokic watched his highlights or the Nuggets' highlights from the playoff run last year? Like, has he pulled them up? I would have guessed no. And secondly, I would have guessed if you asked him that, he would say no, even if the answer was yes. But instead, he said yes, and he explained why. He thinks they play a really beautiful brand of basketball, and if you like that kind of thing, you probably like it. And Matt, over the summer, we talked about how could Jokic have a great season this year? How could he be rejuvenated? When the basketball is the style he likes, there's nothing more fun. That's my takeaway from the week. I feel like this team is having a lot of fun because everyone plays the way that they're supposed to, and they're all being rewarded for that. And that's the sense I get about why everyone's so energized is it's like a band getting back together after a long tour, but they're in such a groove that they're like, you know what, let's jam us some more. That's a great comparison. That's a really great comparison. So I think I have a couple of thoughts. One, I went to see the heat in 2010 for a preseason uh yeah in 2010 for a preseason game first season they were together right the big three you know all this stuff and i kind of i went and it was great because they were in kc so i went around the room and like i was asking every like all the role players and everybody like what's the identity of this team so far and they all said the same thing which is they were like we're professional and Mm -hmm. it was the meaning was like it's part of heat culture but it's also very much ingrained of like their approach was like, we're rock stars, we're professionals, uh, all business, like a reservoir dogs type of approach, right? The next season, like LeBron really kind of came back and he abandoned the whole villain thing and they got back to playing a lot more fun and they were better when they kind of started that because they did kind of recall and like LeBron is part of a coordinated effort, but LeBron would talk about stuff like, like that's when he started talking about like, I'm just that kid from Akron. And he got back to this idea of like, I was just a kid playing basketball and like, that's what we do. And the reason I kind of mentioned this is like, I think that the Nuggets having an identity that is very much built on a love of whatever this, that undescribable thing that 
everyone I think kind of knows when you watch basketball and you see an amazing possession, you see a team that's really got it that is sharing the ball and is moving it in the way that the nuggets do. And there've been only a handful of teams that have really done that over the last, you know, 20 years, 30 years. When you see that though, like there's a love for it. And I do think the players get excited by it. They don't get to see it a lot because usually like the team's not good enough. So you have to take other routes to get to your success point. Like that's why teams don't play that way all the time is because one, it's hard. And two, it takes sacrifice. And three, you have to have the talent to be able to make it work. Um, yeah. and then like, the other thing I would say is, is we've, I've, you know, I, and I've, I've banged on Joker for, for a lot of the stuff with his exhaustion with stuff, but I also understand it fully where I've said this a lot where I was like, I think Joker really likes basketball. I don't think he likes the NBA at all. And I don't necessarily blame him for that, but like at the core of it, I think he has still found, no, no, no like inside all of this is still the art and i think he really likes the art of it i think basketball could be an art or a science or both at once and i think that he genuinely loves the art of it but there's something too man and i can relate to this a lot because basketball post-college is mostly pickup leagues or this or that and most of the time it's with people you don't know or you just don't have no chemistry with and for a person like me it's still fun but it's different. It's almost a different sport, a different experience. Like, all right, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to post up every now and then whenever I get the ball because I'm not going to get the ball too often. I'm going to post up and I'm going to shoot a fadeaway or something and then this or that. But when you play with people you know and have chemistry with, it's like, yeah, the ball's popping. And you're, that to me is the most fun thing when it's like is this dance you're doing with multiple people. And I just think the Nuggets are in that groove. They all are wise enough and have been through enough to know that it's rare. And so when you have it, it's like, why would we want to wait? Like we're in it right now and it's going to go away at some point, but it's not, like it's here right now. Pick up where they left off. Yeah. Cause they're all feeding off of that energy. And I just, to me, it's so insightful about where this team is and, and, and it's cool. And um, that's my number one takeaway that I just think this team is uh, in a good groove already. <laughs> but still think they're going to lose by 20 on opening night, but, uh, but you know what? They're in a good groove <laughs> coming in. So that's nice. Um, do you feel like, you know, any more about the bench? No. Um, I mean, what do I know about it? I'll tell you Christian Brown locked in. I think Reggie Jackson is really impressed. I think Justin holiday is really impressed and I don't think anybody has necessarily looked bad. If they have, it's not made. It's out of camp from player, from coach or anything like that. So it's not that Zeke or Peyton, the two guys who sort of names have not popped up as much as you might anticipate. I don't know necessarily that it's that they haven't looked good. It could just be tough love. It could be any of these things. Um, but I think that, yeah, this to me, preseason is going to be really interesting from a, okay, who's in first? Who's in second? Is it every night the same? Are they trying some different things out? Uh, I feel like that part is even bigger mystery than we expected. Here's a different kind of approach on the bench question. Is it more important? On in preseason and really when we get into early season even because most of the first month is still extended preseason. Is it more important that the bench guys play the way that the Nuggets try and play or that they are quote unquote good? And what I mean by that is um, Justin Holiday is a good example of this where like I want like Justin Holiday is a guy I've always liked. I've always liked Justin Holiday. I am trying very hard not to be like I don't want to plant a flag on Justin Highland Island. I'm trying to be like 
whatever the team needs and pursue the championship is what they need to do. Right. <laughs> and, and so I think it's one of those where if holiday comes out and he hits four threes in a preseason game, we're in one of the early games, but he's not necessarily playing, making the right reads. Like those little things that oftentimes like you're a really good judge of this. If a guy ha- hits a bunch of shots, but isn't playing the right way, like they never fool you. It's one of the things I love the most about your analysis. You are never fooled, my friend. Like never once have I ever seen, like there has never been a player that has gotten buckets the wrong way that you've been like, yeah, you played great. You're like, yeah, I mean, the shots fell and those were great, but you know, and that, that whole thing. And so I'm just kind of curious as your thought of like, and not just with holiday, but with the other guys as well, does the bench need to play Nuggets basketball or do they just need like production to get them through those minutes? Well, first of all, I think Joe Justin holiday has a lot of momentum coming out of this first week of the season. I think he has a lot of momentum. And I, and I also want to say before I answer your question, the bones Highland experience was so interesting last year because he was so likable from a, as a fan, he was so, he rooted for him so hard, but the team was so clearly better once he left and and won a a championship. And I just wonder how much that has given not just me perspective, but Nuggets fans and the type of people that listen to the show perspective on when you look at a Zeke, you look at a Peyton and you look at the rookies of we want those guys to work out. But if it doesn't, it's going to be okay, especially if the process is right. Like there still can be that great, you know, that, that great ending. In fact, it's almost certain to happen if they do everything right. But with your answer about the style of the second unit, I think the second unit can't play the same style as you can't play that when yoke's not on the court i just don't think it's possible they need their own identity it's really hard to do i do think a player like Jalen pickett in theory can grow into a guy that helps bring some of that continuity but he's unproven he hasn't done that yet he's got to earn it and i think he's probably going to be really hard for him to earn it so where i stand right now i think the second unit is going to have to defend really well they're probably going to have to get out in transition and offensively in the half court, they're probably going to have a completely different identity than whatever it is when Yoke's on the floor. Let's talk about defense. That kind of is a good transition. Because on the other side, we'll talk about where do we expect Denver to wind up defensively? Because I think it's still the biggest question that you have to have about the Nuggets' regular season performance. We'll talk about that on the other side on Locked on Nuggets. First, I need to tell you about Jace Medical. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. You don't want to be caught unprepared. Um, you can have a, a household accident. You know, you scrape something on some sort. If you're working in, in the garage and you scrape something and cut your leg, you don't want to get infected. And the good way to avoid that is you just take those antibiotics as a precaution. Um, or, you know, my wife always gets sinus infections and it's a real problem trying to get her the right type of antibiotics prescribed because of problems with getting adequate care sometimes and and timing and everything else. So that's why Jace medical is so great. You go online, you fill out a form and then you get a prescription life-saving medications right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind. So you're not just hoping you have access to medication and emergency. Jace medical, makes sure that you've got it on hand, get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace medical by using our code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical. Dot com. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Monday. 
so Adam, I want to bring this one to you as our third segment question, which is a pretty simple one. The Nuggets finished 15th in defensive rating last year. Michael Malone had hopes of them finishing top five. They finished 10 spots short of that. Um, still finished with number one seed in the Western Conference. Had the best clutch defense, which he again cited in the uh, media day press conference. Um, I think an interesting question is where is this team going to end up defensively? Because some of this kind of gets into there are certain thresholds where if you are X on defense, it becomes harder to finish Y in win rate, win rate and win percentage, right? Where if you're top 10, it's relatively easy. If you're top five, like there are, you can be a bad team with a top five, top five defense if your offense is that bad, but it does kind of set a floor for you. It's hard to be under 500 with the top five defense. Um, hard to be, you know, below 500 with the top five offense, but we have so much faith and confidence rightly earned by the offense from a regular season perspective. What are your thoughts on where this defense as a whole on the team level is going to wind up? And then we can talk about how that breaks down into starters versus the bench. Well, I think that's where I have to start anyway, man. I, I Because if you look at the starters last year, they had a 111.1 defensive rating when all five starters were on the court. That's really good. That's a really good defensive line uh, rating for, for a five-man unit that played that many minutes. Aaron Gordon and Jokic on the court together had a 113. What did I tell you? 113. Oh, yeah. 112.97. So 113 defensive rating when those two are on. So that counts Jokic, Aaron Gordon, and then any combination of your one, two, three. That will count that as blended lineups with Jokic. When Jokic and Aaron Gordon were off the court, that number went up to 117. So it's clear to say that starters defense was great. Blended defense was meh, a little bit bad. Bench defense was horrible. I think the first part is going to be very similar. I don't have a reason to believe that the starters are going to make a significant drop defensively. I felt like they coasted for most of last year, to be honest with you, defensively. What do you think about the starting unit? Just start there because they're going to play a lot of minutes together. Do you think they will more or less be the same defensively as they were last year? Yes, I think part of that gets into, I think Jamal's health will allow him to do a little bit more. I think um, they will be more comfortable in their help situations. They'll know how to help a little bit better from what they learned last year. Um, a lot of this is as simple as if you're scoring at such a high rate and you have intent, you're going to be pretty good like you're going to be better defensively because it's harder to, to score on a set defense. Um, Taylor Jenkins had a really interesting conversation about his half court offense actually uh, on media day. And one of the things that he talked about Adam was he was talking about gears. He said, they've eliminated talking about our half court offense and our half court defense, half court defense. They talk about gears where third gear is transition all the way down. Your second gear is mid transition essentially. And your first gear is when you're going into a set defense, it's ATOs effectively. And so I think Denver defensively will be still really good with the starters um, in first gear when they're playing a set, when they're able to set and get their, their stuff lined up, they'll be good. Second is where I think that they struggle third. They're honestly okay because they score so well in transition. It's, it's impossible to really get an edge on them. And again, if they're scoring at a high level, it's hard to get transition buckets if you're scoring as efficiently as they are. Um, you can do it, but very few teams in the regular season have the intent to continuously push off of makes. 
So my point here is that second gear is what matters is that, and this would happen to them last year where when they would have bad defensive stretches, so much of it was they would get out of sync and mid transition where it wasn't even like full speed going to the rim. It was just like, they would get mismatched. They would get, they would not be paying attention, would not be getting back quick enough and they wouldn't get matched up. Right. Um, I think that their ability to call out and their, the defensive communication improved so much once they got home and they figured out a lot it will still be there um there's i have some other reasons for concern which relate to bruce but in general the starters i think can still be very good in first and i think that they can be they could limit third it's that second where i'm still kind of like you know that's going to depend on their focus on any given night i just don't know if it'll be worse focused than last year Yep. That's the part where I think it'll be more or less even. But when you talk about the staggers or the bench, do you think Reggie will be better or worse than Bones last year? Defensive. Maybe a wash if you want to be like real, let's be real cautious. You know, I will mm-hmm. be real um, skeptical or whatever. Christian Brown should not be worse defensively than he was last year. I don't right. think. Accurate. Yep. Peyton Watson, Justin Holiday, Zeke Naji, those guys are good defenders. I think all project to be better than Jeff Green was, especially in the regular season. Yeah, that Jeff was good in the postseason and especially in key moments. But for most of the regular season, he was a guy that was, in my opinion, a weakness defensively. And then you had all the minutes with DeAndre there. I think they have better defensive talent top to bottom than they did last year. So that 117 defensive rating off the bench, I just think they're going to be a little bit better than that this year defensively, especially since those guys aren't going to play a ton of minutes and they do have people nipping at their heels for, for time. So like Peyton Watson can't afford to like have a bad defensive game, right? Right. All year, he's going to be looking over his shoulder like, I better go out there and defend. Same goes for Zeke Naji, maybe Justin Holiday. So I just think that Denver is going to have better def- uh, defenders. I don't think they're going to be a great defense. I don't know if they're going to be a top five, top seven, top eight defense. But I do think that they're going to be an average or better defense for most of the year, if not all of the year, assuming that they can stay healthy and maintain their depth. So you kind of mentioned the 111 defensive rating for the starters. The best lineup to play at least 100 minutes last year in five-man for the Denver Nuggets was the starters with Bruce for Jamal. Um, and mm. that's not necessarily – doesn't mean that, like, it, it was – the part of that is honestly some of the, the games that they played against in with that lineup and the minutes where those specifically came with Jamal doing the stagger. Um, but I do think this is notable that with, the, with Joker, MPJ, Aaron, and KCP with Bruce Brown, they were at a 108. That's a stellar defensive rating. And so this is kind of the, this is the contrast to the, um, the, the bench can't be worse concept, right? Which is, I think, true. The question is, will the Joker and three other starters and one replacement be as good as they were last year, especially on the defensive end, right? If it's Reggie instead of Bruce Brown, is it closer to 111? Is it higher than 111? It, it, the, and because those minutes all kind of matter, right? We're like, all of this is about like the margin that you are able to establish with Joker on the floor, which is going to have to be considerable. We've known, we've right. known that's a fact. Like they're going to lose the Joker minutes. They've always lost the Joker minutes. If they don't, then they're going to cruise the 60 wins. Like that's the reality. It's like, if they don't lose, if they were, if the bench winds up plus one and non Joker minutes, they're going to cruise the 60 wins period. And die. like, no question. I don't yeah. think there's any question for me on that. 
provided they have they have health. But it's not for me. It's always more complicated than like, and this is a, a thing I I really tried to focus on a little bit this summer was realigning some of my thought process from not just starter minutes, bench minutes to okay, what about the in betweens? Are those above or below your average performance? And how much does that change where these kind of go? Because I do think that Bruce and I think Bruce and KCP in particular had a defensive chemistry that was phenomenal. I thought those two played so well together. And so I don't know if they the Nuggets have a have a perimeter defender like Bruce that can kind of duplicate that and bring that same level. Does that make sense? Well, the thing is, is that Bruce could replace Murray as on the offensive end as a ball handler. So it allowed you to play Bruce and KCP together because I think Denver will be better this year defensively if you did that same trade with Christian Brown in Bruce's place, in my opinion. And if you look like there's not a lot of lineup data for it, but basically that was a sub 93 defensive rating in about 150 minutes whenever you, you had Christian, Gordon and Jokic on the court together. But again, small sample size. The problem is, offensively, Bruce was able to bring the ball up the court every time, run pick and rolls, do all these things. And Christian Brown, that's why the note today is so interesting, him bringing the ball up the court and this or that. But as good as he is, is Denver going to be able to do that consistently? Does Aaron Gordon bring the ball up the court more? I don't know. Those are some things that I think are probably going to have to, you're going to have to work out. But I think that's where Bruce's value was just so good, is it gave you another lineup that was even better defensively when you subbed them in for Murray. We've and then, about- by the way, when you stagger after that, now your stagger might be Murray next to Reggie Jackson. Is that a good defensive backcourt? I don't know if it is. I don't know. I don't know. I, I would. I would say I don't think it is. Well, I'll say this. I, you want to know why I think it's better than Bones? <laughs> well, here's no. I'm. I'm serious. Bones was a guy the teams picked on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's rare to see a lot of picking on guys in regular season play you have to be a real weak point for teams to attack you like that. Yeah. And they did. And so that's kind of thing is like, do I think Reggie Jackson's a, a super plus defender? No. Do I think that Reggie Jackson is not going to be picked on? Yeah. I don't think the teams are going to be like, let's go at Reggie Jackson the, the way they went at bones. Um, but, but think about this, Matt, is this the first year and who knows? It's still a little bit early and we're not behind the scenes enough to really say this for certain, but Julian Strother always in the right place defensively. He's reading the court, Hunter Tyson, Jalen Pickett. These guys are smart. Peyton Watson, is this the first year where there's not a guy on defense that's just an anchor because he has to learn the game? Like you've had a bowl bowl, you've had a bones. You just there just seems like Denver always has one or two guys that are there, and I don't think there's that guy on the roster right now. I don't think there's a guy that doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. I mean, Peyton is, I think, the the one guy that you might look at, and there's been really no indication that he's been that level. We'll see. You know, we'll, yeah, we'll see. Well, he might, you're right, that it might be him and it might be Zeke. I mean, but there's not a, there's not a guy as egregious as, at least it doesn't seem as, as they've had in your There, team. There are so many reasons why I think Peyton Watson is so important for this team, but among them is just, um, as a consequence of a lot of their, their structure is it just puts a lot on Aaron Gordon. And I, I thought Aaron got hurt mid season and that, was a problem. You know, I thought he hurt his shoulder and it took him a while to get back healthy. Uh, and then he took a beating in the playoffs and look, he looks, looks great. looks like he had himself a great summer. Definitely got to enjoy himself, but this is part of it is like, I do think you need Peyton Watson to be able to protect Aaron Gordon a little bit uh, just in terms of physicality on some assignments and to share that burden. And that's another reason why I think he's, I think Peyton Watson's going to be 
really important for their overall defensive rating because I think he's going to have to be a player that is a plus on that end and is able to be that that bench guy with the starter sometimes to help alleviate some of the other issues. I love this comment from Freddie, and I've really thought about this a lot. True. I agree. I think Vlatko is Justin Holiday, but for Zeke. Justin Holiday's there for Peyton. Like, hey, man, if you don't get it, he'll go the way of Bones. You know, they'll have to move on, and they'll have to just say, hey, we'll figure something else out. With Zeke, there's not that guy, I don't think, right now that can be a, hey, man, you're not getting it. We're going to have somebody behind you to kind of replace, and I think that's a tough spot for Denver to be in. Zeke, Zeke and Peyton, I, there really is a... Denver's best timeline definitely features those guys performing the way that, uh, you know, to their to their best possibilities. That's going to do it for Locked On Nuggets for a Monday. Glad that you were able to come along for the ride. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll, pre- we'll preview preseason game number one. Nuggets basketball is back. We'll talk about that. We will have a postgame show after it as well. Talk about all that and more. We'll talk to you guys again next time on Locked On Nuggets.